And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell. He scores the ball and he rebounds well. Don't fight the future, the future is Luca. The timing sucks because the Mavs are ass. But did you see his no look pass? Whoa! Don't fight the future, honey. Don't fight the future, the future is Luca. Hello, this is 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The only Mavericks podcast where we think it might be over. I'm Tim Cato. I run to talk about the Mavericks. We've got Mike Pellucci. We are coming to you. Uh, I'm coming to you. What city am I in again? Philadelphia. That's the one. City of brotherly love. Headed to Miami later today on a uh, flight that's now been delayed a couple hours, which is um, should be illegal. Nobody you wants should... less time in Miami. Exactly. I feel, like, exactly. I feel like we all want more time in Miami. I think the Mavericks probably feel the same way because <laughs> it sure looks that way. Um, man, there's five games left. The Mavericks are a game out of the tenth seed. They're that far out of a of a play. You know, the the actual play-in tournament. Yeah. Uh, they don't have the tiebreaker um, over Oklahoma City, who is currently in tenth. There are still ways that this could happen. The best way for something miraculous to happen, maybe it's not quite miracle status, but the best way for the Mavericks to benefit would be winning out. Yes. And with five games left, winning out, needing other teams to lose, not just one game, but multiple games, multiple teams or multiple games all losing, it's a really tough ask, and this might be it. Yeah, I would say it'd be tough for this team, the way they've played the last six weeks, to win five games against anyone. But these next three are not easy, right? Miami's good. Atlanta's good. Sacramento's good. All three of those teams need wins. I suppose Sacramento's locked into three, more or less, but they're not, as Dave pointed out earlier in the week, they're not trying to lose. The other two teams need to win. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's not looking great. Um, and they are in no man's land where... You know, we all know about the top 10 production on that pick. It feels like the most Mavs outcome. I really don't want to be this much of a downer early in the morning. We're recording like 7.45 Dallas time. I don't want to be so much of a downer, but doesn't it kind of feel like the most Mavs outcome is they wind up with like the 12th pick? That, that yeah. seems like how this just historically goes with this team. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it just, it does, it does feel likely. It does feel likely. It feels, it feels awfully unfortunate uh, to 10 or 11, certainly um, or 11, I, I guess 11 or 12 uh, seem to be in play. I, I'll, I'll say this for the team. They clearly fought for it. You know, yes. this was not a Charlotte, you know, what happened Wednesday night was a good team beating a, a worse team. You know, Philadelphia was, is yeah. better, was better than the Mavericks, 
the Mavericks could have won that game. I mean, they led by 10 at multiple times throughout the first, second, and third quarters. They were but, up, well, I mean, they were up 11 with a minute 38 left in the first half. And then once that lead shrunk to five points at halftime, that's when I started thinking this, this second half might not get, might not be pretty. Um, right. And it, it wasn't awful, you know, to their credit, there've been a lot of times a season when they just would let their foot off the gas and the other team would just pull away. And it took a while for Philly to do that, but yeah, it's, Philly's a better team. Philly has more options. You can see it last night, you know, James Harden didn't play well and it didn't matter because they had other outs, you know, Tyrese Maxey did, they got, you know, Tobias Harris is a fourth option for them. I mean, when was the last time Dallas had a fourth guy who could score consistently when they need him to in spots, you know, and Christian I, I thought Wood, it was, baby. <laughs> You know, is uh, it was telling, and I'm trying to find the the second point, or second chance points. Um, but I know at one point, I think late in the third or early in the fourth, I believe it was up to 22 of them, and their average is around 11. So they were blown past that. You know, in the first half, Dallas went in the half with the points of the paint advantage. That doesn't happen often. They were up 22 to 16, you know, points of the paint end of the first half. I remember thinking with Joel Embiid and with this team's interior defense, it's not going to last. It absolutely did not. The game ended with Philly. 60 to 34. So if you're doing the math, they outscored Dallas by 20 extra points in the paint in the second half. And yeah, this team, they can only play one way, right? If the threes are falling, they could beat almost anyone. The threes weren't falling. Then that was it. It's not like Kyrie and Luka played badly. I mean, I suppose we could have seen this coming because that the last time they played, Dallas beat them at home, but it was a home win and they needed 80 from Kyrie and Luka to do it. And really, the threes fell up until the fourth quarter. Um, Fair, yeah. And that's and that's when the that's when Reggie Bullock and Maxi Kleba combining to go two of twelve, like that's yeah. when that really stood out. That's when that became you know the problem that the lead slipped. And this team can still play very good basketball. This team, you know, the Mavericks on their night when all the threes are falling for forty eight minutes. Yeah, they can beat almost anybody in the league, but it's a, it's a nightly, it's a fleeting nightly occurrence. And I thought that maybe you know this team was capable of going out there and winning that game with that strategy, but that's not a winning strategy in the NBA. No. Um, you know, clearly the team is not uh, good enough defensively. Clearly, they're not varied enough offensively. Like the the constant doubles that Luca gets, only for Reggie Bullock to not be able to knock down you know multiple wide open threes in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's 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 symbolic, you know. It's been, it's been happening yeah. a lot of this season, it, you know. Whether it's Reggie Re- Bullock or another night, it's going to be Tim Hardaway Jr. or another night, it's going to be uh, Maxi or earlier in the season, it would be Dorian Finney Smith. But you know, this this team, it needs a. I, I think even as as good as Reggie Bullock has been, he's the type of player who needs to be on the bench next season. Um, and his outsized role is representational of. You know, just this overall talent deficiency that the team has. I mean, we're not breaking any new ground here. We all understand that, you know, the Mavericks need, um, you know, more dudes. They need some more dudes out there. Um, dudes being guys. Yeah. But so I'll give them credit that, you know, to follow up Jason Kidd calling, you know, your own head coach calling your performance dog shit, and to follow it up with the Charlotte game, the second Charlotte game, and the, and the way that looked. They at least fought for this one. You know, they uh-huh. they at least showed up against Indiana, but I don't have a lot of faith that, you know, if that's how they looked two nights after the first Charlotte lost against, you know, in the second one, like, how do you rally from this? You know, how do you, how do you care in Miami um, or on the second night of a back-to-back in Atlanta? 
how do you care for those games if you couldn't care for, you know, the ones that actually were going to save the season? So, well, and the worst part is, is that like, like I could see a world in which they do in that Indiana, you know, the Charlotte losses wake them up to how bad they're playing. Indiana's the jolt in the arm, the momentum they badly need. They go out there last night and they say, hey, we didn't win, but we played a top five team in the league. The worst thing in some ways that could happen to them is I can see if they play like they did last night, they'll win one of the next three. And there lies the problem. They won't win. I don't think they'll even win two of the next three, much less all three of them, but I bet they'll win one if they play like they did last night. And suddenly you're in no man's land because that won't get you to the play-in, but that won't get you far enough to the bottom. And that's when the problem is going to set in. And if that leads to you don't get to the play-in, you don't keep your pick. If that's not rock bottom, that needs to be rock bottom. Because if you are going lower than that, that means Kyrie leaves for nothing. Or that means that you start the doomsday clock on Luka Doncic's happiness starts ticking to like a minute before midnight. Like whatever happens this year, this better be as bad as it gets. Because if not, then then the really, really bad stuff is going to set in. Yeah. I think I think the team will probably back its way into a lottery pick. Um, remember, you know, there's, there's scenarios where, you know, if they're, if they're the first team out of the play and, you know, it kind of comes down to records and, and stuff like that. Um, it's, but yeah, it's, it's not what was expected. And, you know, even, no. if, even if we didn't expect the postseason to be anything of merit, I mean, I guess kind of our thinking was that, you know, they could go off and beat almost any team because their offense and their talent, you know, their high end talent is what it is. Luca and Kyrie are what they are. You know, that was kind of our working theory this whole time since the trade. Yeah. We did Uh, not expect uh, things like the playoff scenario is a bit of a clusterfuck to be going down uh, five games before the end of the season, which brings me to what I was going to ask you next. You were there. We all heard the Kyrie quote. What was the vibe after that game last night? Everybody was very late. This has been a trend. Um, the head coach is usually there 15 minutes after the game or so, um, sometimes a little sooner. It was much longer that for that for Jason Kidd. Uh, in fact, uh, we were waiting long enough that I went outside the locker room to see if like everything was still shut and closed and that they were having a you know long team meeting. They weren't. Jason said that the, the coaches did have a long post-game meeting, but... You know, the out, outside of the, the locker room, maybe 20 minutes after the game, 30, I'll say 30 minutes after the game, was kind of back to normal. You know, like like a normal post-game locker room where people were flowing in and out. There was conversations being had. That doesn't matter to me, per se. You know, everybody handles their, their feelings differently. I'm not saying that guys were completely non-caring. It's not like the, the, the post-game locker room and you know, was a situation where it's like, oh, these guys are, you know, one, two, three Cancun or anything like that. Right. You know, it was, but, but it was, it was normal. There was, there was not some, you know, closed doors, hour long, you know, come to Jesus moment, at at least to my understanding. And you know what? It's probably too late for that anyway. Uh, As for what was said in the, in the press conferences, um, Carrie's quote was, you know, it was more about the whole situation. Yeah, not, not internal workings of the team. No, there, I saw some people misconstruing that. It was strictly about just the scenario to actually get into the postseason at this point. Yeah, and I think he admittedly was like, "Hey, look around at our results." 
you know, like he didn't he didn't say that, but the the vibe I picked up was like, hey, you can we understand that our situation is SCF. We could say it's a quote. <laughs> it's a quote. It's a clusterfuck. That's Kyrie Irving, the man himself, said it. Yeah. But but yes, he was he was not talking about any internal dynamics of the team or anything like that. It was it was a it was a funny line. It's it's funny when people curse in, in the post game press conferences. Uh when they it's funny when they really think about whether they should and then they're like, Yeah, you know, I'm gonna do that, it. just let the bomb fly. Yeah. Exactly. But you know, that's all there was to it. Jason Kidd did seem to have a little bit he's he's been having a little bit more resignation with each of these losses that I've seen just, just a little bit more. It's, it's a little bit creeping in. I mean, I guess he is the guy who said, you know, nobody's dying here. So <laughs> maybe, maybe he's always had it all along, but <sighs> in truth, you know, and, and we talked about this, uh, or I talked about this with Austin and the, the lockdown boys, you know, we kind of talked about all his post game, uh, quotes and meanings and, and demeanor. of which there are many. Oh, there's so many. There were so many in that episode I had, I totally forgot about. He also, um, this is neither here nor there, but if I may interrupt myself, he very clearly had listened to Zach Lowe's podcast. Zach Lowe had Tim McMahon on, and they talked about how they're not running enough pick and rolls with Kyrie, Luka, uh, with Kyrie <laughs> and Luka. And so I asked him uh, before the game, not directly about that, not even directly about pick and rolls, just about like, are you guys still feeling things out as a coaching staff just, uh, you know, when it comes to how to use Luca and Kyrie in the same way that, you know, Luca and Kyrie are continuing to feel themselves out. And uh, he just so clearly in his answer uh, was responding to Zach Lowe and what Zach Lowe has said. He listens the to things, man. He really does. Or, he pays attention. There's a, there's a non-zero chance he has listened to an episode of this podcast. Oh, which no, I know he has. Yeah, now I'm yeah, now what the what the funniest episode for Jason Kidd, just the dumbest thing that we have broadcast that Jason Kidd might have just randomly tuned into. I hope he listens to every episode, just like every single person alive should. We're um, the only Mavericks podcast, so I suppose it's inevitable he's popped in at some point. Exactly, exactly. As the only one, like it is inevitable. Um, yeah. So, and by the way, that quote, the, the the full quote, he he said the reason that Luca and Kyrie don't play more. Pick, uh, don't run more pick and rolls together is because um, they might get tired on defense on the other end if they're not <laughs> involved in the offense. Um, I think there are legitimate reasons why it's the right option is not just to spam those players together. Um, I wrote about that a little bit in my story overnight, uh, which I think just went on up on the athletic. By the time you listen to it, I promise you will be up on the athletic, which by the way, the athletic.com slash 77 minutes we're doing a one dollar per month uh, discount right now, and that should get you. That should that should uh, hook you up. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to michelobultra.com/courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Where was I? I'm just kind of rambling. These I was just talking about the pods, man. The, yeah. Yeah. You got your glasses on. Rare occurrence for Tim Cato on the broadcast. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Just talking about not spamming too many pick and rolls. And look, I think there's a happy medium between what they've done versus the spamming. I'm sure that if Kyrie Irving does come back next year, they will find more ways to optimize him and Luca. That's what an offseason does. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy to say, let's do more of X, Y, and Z on the fly when a team is integrating and when they're fighting for their lives. But I, I do think that's something that you can probably expect some, you know, material growth in next year. If Kyrie Irving is around as a Dallas map. So here let's, let's, uh, let's phrase it this way. Um, okay. The problems the Mavericks have had this season are ones that started this past off season. But if you were to say, what is the reason the Mavericks have gone? What eight and 15, um, maybe nine and 15, since yeah. the Kyrie Irving trade, um, let's draft. Let's let's draft reasons real quick. Oh, um, okay. Because I have a few that I think are pretty high. Um, uh, okay. And I'm curious. Or just let's just order them. Let's let's order these yeah, three yeah, ways. Because yeah. a draft a draft gets complicated. <laughs> a draft gets complicated. Okay. Um, the defense 
um, you know, mm-hmm. and the lack of run protection, I, maybe let's put that all in one. I think I think that has to be first, you know? Yeah, without question. Because even when they're clicking offensively, it, there have been a lot of nights where it does not matter. How would you order Josh Green falling off, mm-hmm. not having the not having consistency, um, versus the injuries and the absences they've dealt with, um, versus I don't know. You picked your fourth. I mean, yeah. Well, I was going to say to me, really, more than anything, it's just a lack of a plan B. Whether that's strategically or whether that's personnel wise, that to me is right behind defense. Um, because they can only play small and they can only really win consistently. Josh Bowe has been great pointing this out over at Mavs Moneyball. They're consistently winning if they're hitting the threes and they're winning the three-point game. And if not, they don't. So that to me is bigger. And than that's anything. the story for everybody in the league. Not not yes. undermining the point, but there's stats that I saw on, um, the, on Twitter yesterday where it is the winning percentage is something like 58% if you hit more threes of your opponents. Yeah, Nothing is, else matters. It's just a raw stat. You hit more threes, you make more threes, you win two-thirds of the time. Yeah, there, we could do an entire another show about the overall homogeneity of the, of the NBA and where it's going and how it's not good. But even setting aside the three-point aspect of this, other teams, you look at Philly last night. Philly had plan Bs. James Harden isn't playing well. No problem. We'll figure it out. Dallas does not have a roster to do anything but this. So that, to me, is higher than the injuries and Josh Green. I would put Josh Green probably third, but I also think it's unfair to put Josh Green third. Because if you are depending on a 22-year-old who you had only really taken baby steps toward prior to the deadline, really committing to the way you should have, and you're suddenly telling this kid, hey, congratulations, you are the perimeter defense. You are the line between success and failure right now. That's indicative of bad roster building. That's indicative of these bigger problems that this roster has. So I think that's bigger than the injuries only because we've seen this team, when Luke and Kyrie are on the floor together, it's not like they're winning. Uh, but I also think it's very unfair if people would sit here and say, well, if Josh Green pulled his weight, we might not be in the situation right now. Uh, you can't ask that of a kid this young and this relatively untested in a starting role to save your team with two top 17-ish players in the league. Absolutely unfair. I said as much as in an article earlier this week. Um, but I do think when this team was humming, when this team looked its best, it coincided with Josh. Yes, absolutely. Best. Yeah. And having, honestly, it, a lot of it comes down to having, you know, for the stretch of time that he was a legitimate third option. And while also doing that with good defense, where Jaden Hardy um, at times last night, you know, as you know, he struggled a bit last night. He struggled a bit recently, but at times he's looked like a third option. Yeah. But he doesn't have the defense to go along with it. And Jason Kidd said he didn't close the game, um, you know, for that reason that, that Philadelphia was really picking on him. And I agree. I absolutely agree with that. You know, like he is, he is a defensive weakness where Josh Green was in, you know, at his best, uh, very good defensively. It's unfair. Absolutely. For the Mavericks to expect that out of him. But if he had continued the, uh, you know, the, the stretch of basketball he was in, I, I don't think they would be in this situation. Um, they they need another player like that, and they need his continued development and, and ability to, you know, be a consistent role player for them in, in those ways. Not, you know, like a like a hyped up role man, like a like a very good role player. Um, you know, like like ideally he is a fourth option starter. Like I think he has done yeah. enough to show that as a possibility for his career. And so I think I think that's one of the hidden um uh you know wrinkles of why this season has gone so far south 
is that Josh Green, based off what he was doing, and then based off what he's done since the trade, I think that has made the team much worse. Um, again, not coming down hard on a 22 year old who's you know in his 100th game in a, in a rotation. Yeah. You know, like halfway through, you know, if he had played every game in a rotation, you know, from the moment he was drafted, he would be halfway through his second season. Right. Um, yeah. It just yeah. is what it is. It's indicative of the bigger problems here. You know, that's in a way, right. The Josh Green struggles feed into that, you know, that whole no plan B aspect. You know, they're going back to JaVale this late in the season and they're just desperate, you know, for the, you know, the maybe this time will be different with JaVale move. That's sort of indicative of where they're at. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, you know, and if, you stack all those things together, then you, you look at it in total. It's like, well, then of, of course they're struggling to make the playoffs because if a team can't guard the rim, has overall defensive issues, is leaning too much on guys who aren't ready because there are no plan Bs and have had injury problems. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a playoff team to me. Yeah. You got any further closing thoughts? No, I, I think again, like they just, it can't be – I think the story of so much of the season has been, you know, the overall mediocrity that they're not any they're, – they're just not great at enough stuff, but they're not awful enough. And if that ends up being the story of their year to where they finish with this 12th pick, like I said, then that's just – that's rough. Uh, so I think – I don't know. It's, it's just a tightrope to walk, right? Because, like, Luka wants to compete. Luka wants to win. You want to keep Kyrie Irving in, you know – intrigued enough to want to be back here next year for reasons that are not just, Hey, we have your bird rights. We're off you a ton of cash. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess just see how it plays out. It feels like we know where this is going. Zach Craig wrote about that at D magazine the other day after the, after he wrote it before the Pacers game, but the Pacers game functionally changed. I think you and Dave talked about it. He was just like, look, you, you see this team all year. Do you really think that they have it in them to win five of their next six? No, they don't. Um, so yeah, I don't know. If you want a good distraction from this, Istok Franco wrote a lovely piece about Marco Milic, the Mavs assistant coach, who is Slovenia's first great hope before Luka. It really puts you in better spirits. I recommend you check that one out. You should do exactly that. Um, when I, usually when Mike Pellucci offers me some advice, I take it. Right, that you can know, be questionable in arenas that are not journalism. But in the journalism world, I feel like I've got a pretty decent handle on this. Absolutely. So... That is, uh, that is good advice from Mike Pellucci. Uh, the other good advice is to, you know, go find something fun and happy to do that is not watching the Mavericks. And so, <laughs> but still listen to this podcast, obviously. Absolutely, always. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll see ya. He plays Fortnite just like me. I am 34. Don't fight the future, honey. Don't fight the future, the future is Luca Big Dick Donchich from the home of Melania Trump. How many kids you have? Don't fight the future, it tears me apart. Don't fight the future, please be nice to Luca. Future four-time MVP. Um, and so we, we take the analytics um, and look at everything you guys write. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.